All right. Podcast. Whoa. Podcast. Oh, oh, shit. What? For some reason, my brain heard that as Winnie the Pooh. Winnie the Pooh Bear. Winnie the Pooh. <laughs> That's what he's saying. You're he's been- <laughs> Christopher Robin. <laughs> Beautiful. <laughs> Rue. <laughs> It's September 29th, 2016. This is Idle Thumbs 282. I'm Chris Remo. I'm Nick Brecken. I'm Jake Rodkin. 282? Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Isn't it? Yeah. I thought you just said 282. I guess you don't. You say... You oh, I, don't, I don't remember what I say. Whatever. Mm. Well, I, welcome I, to this podcast. We're talking our about our intro on every episode. La, 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 la. <laughs> Video game podcast. Oh, hi, Jake. <laughs> <laughs> One day we won't talk about the intro. I just did it more. <laughs> Fuck God. So, Chris, you're playing Deus Ex, the video game. This week on Idle Thumbs, Chris played Deus Ex. Yep, and Nick played NBA 2K17. Oh, I did it. And then readers wrote to us, and we responded to them. Yep. Uh, yeah, I I completed Deus Ex. I actually completed Deus Ex: Mankind Divided before last week's episode. Um, you were holding the the reveal till I was back on the show. I think I actually revealed it technically, and then oh forgot to talk about the rest of it. Yeah, that's week. true. I think I mentioned that I completed it, but then but it's fine because in the intervening time, I've actually played. Even more Deus Ex because I played some of the even more Deus Ex. <laughs> Is that a mode at the beginning of the game? Yeah, <laughs> even uh-huh. more. Yeah, well, it might as well be. There's a mode called Jensen's Stories, or there's like a sub menu <laughs> called Jensen's, <laughs> Jensen's Stories, Stories, which I didn't. Yeah, I never. God, underneath that it says established 2002. <laughs> <laughs> Craft cocktails. Yep. Right. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Welcome, I, fellow traveler. Right. <laughs> Welcome to Jensen's Stories. Um, I, uh, so it turns out what that is, is it's basically just the DLC store menu. And there are currently two DLC things that you could theoretically have. I think one of them was a pre-order bonus and the, uh, which I played and was a pointless, I mean, it, well, that was one of Jensen's stories. Yeah. One of Jensen's stories <laughs> oh, was just man. like this little mission where you just have to go do some stuff, but it's like, it's the quintessential like thing you'd get annoyed about for, you know, extra DLC that just feels like it exists just to just Is there like itself. a framing device where Jensen's like at the craft cocktail bar <laughs> telling you the story and then it loads into the thing? Oh that's, God, that's, what I I would, that's what I would want. So it's then like at the, the end you can say like, yeah, like, it wasn't a very good story, Jensen. Yeah, it starts off. Some of those like, like StarCraft II opening scenarios <laughs> yeah, where you're yeah. just like swirling yeah. Opening exterior around. establishing yeah, yeah. shot of Jensen's story, the Jensen story right. sign over the, yeah. the door. Yeah. yeah. Um, we fashioned it after... A 2010s cocktail bar fashioned after a 1920s cocktail <laughs> bar. <laughs> yeah, we're bringing back 2010s craft cocktails into this cyber future, mm-hmm. but with a twist. That would this universe would would have that in it. Oh yeah. Um. So, so that one was bad. So that one is bad. It, which whatever is one that is not. I don't even know how many people have. I don't even understand the conditions required to have it. I, I think it's a pre-order bonus. Anyway, whatever. There's one that just came out though last week called. I think System Rift. So the first one was called Desperate Measures, and I think it was bad. And then the one that came out last week was called uh, System Rift. And These are also the names uh, presented on a cocktail menu. Right, yes, sure. of course. <laughs> <laughs> That's very true. It's very true. Um, and I was really confused as to what it was because the, the promotional art and everything on the Steam page for it is all anime. 
Like it what? looks, yeah, it's like anime art. And I was, and I was trying to figure out what it was. And the description is just like Jensen has to break into the bank or whatever. And, <laughs> and, uh, and I'm like, is this oh, like sure. a, like a, like a, like an animated short? Like what is, I, it was really confusing. There's actually, <laughs> there wasn't just a sentence. I mean, maybe there is now, but there, when it came out, there wasn't just a sentence that said like, this is, uh, additional single player content for this game. Like it's a mission. It's just like a normal mission of the game that you do. It just doesn't. It should just say that. Uh, anyway, okay, I, Dad. Instead, it's, 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 it's like anime. All these animes. No, <laughs> because on Steam these days you can buy like a these, these days. days. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm. I mean, I'm not wrong. Who even knows what's on Steam these I don't days? Know. It's, like, it's all no, these right. animes. <laughs> it is all these animes. I want all my these cartoons. Game. Where's what in my video day? Game. Video not games game. look like a video look, game. Not was, game. The other day I saw some fucking comedy special from some comedian. That was Hitman Steam. content, Chris. <laughs> God, that's that's the like that's the new Hitman target. Yeah. I don't. Mm. There's all kinds of shit on there now. I don't know. Um, <laughs> it's true. They've got a software <laughs> <laughs> movies. Anyway, what was this anime that you watched? <laughs> so okay, the thing it actually is Moving it's picture just, show. It's just another big mission. I for... want to watch my Jensen's <laughs> stories. <laughs> anyway, it's a it's a mission. Oh, it's it a video a, game. Yes, it is. It is just a video game. It's just a big video game mission. The reviews on Steam were were mixed. You know how they, they tell you? Like it says reviews are mixed, it yeah. It says reviews are mixed, yeah. And I clicked on it, and it, the reason seems to be that people found it to be short. Not an anime. They, 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 were, they were disappointed. <laughs> there wasn't enough anime. It was short. Yeah. And uh, I actually didn't really have that issue. I played through the whole thing, and I think part of the reason I didn't is because I played it the way that I played the main game, which is probably why the main game took me like 30 hours to complete, because I just, I play so exhaustively, you know, and I... I investigate every corner and I find every route through the building and I, you know, I'm just intensely, uh, um, thorough. And so, and this, this has you breaking into, uh, this Palisade bank, like blade facility, which is a crazy secure, uh, sort of data storage compound. And I really liked, um, breaking into that place and just doing more, it, it was some. It was similar to some of my favorite stuff from the main game, which is when you're just breaking into a large facility with like a huge number of interconnected rooms and and layouts and just massive interior. <laughs> just imagining busting up your voice something. coming out of Jensen while he's telling you this, like telling the stories. I, mean, I, like, left, I really liked breaking into like that breaking place. Into there were like all those vents, and it was great. <laughs> it's just my favorite thing with lots of you know interconnected buildings. <laughs> yeah, exactly. A exactly. Large facility. Yeah. That's what, is that Jensen's story. A good story? old large facility. Yeah. Just my favorite thing. Yeah. This facility. I just I just love all those vents. <laughs> Interconnected. Interconnected. <laughs> Large interior. Beautiful. <laughs> Even more beautiful interior. Um and I I guess I I sh- should have actually talked about this in reverse order but it, well, did you glean any lore that helps you better understand the main game in oh, Jensen's stories, Chris? I don't know. I actually, <laughs> you know what's funny? I actually thought the, the Jensen, I thought the uh, System Rift um, DLC was actually better written than the main game. I mean, it still has all of that uh, sort of AUG apartheid crap that is just totally fundamental to the the story of, of the game, which I really, I, I continue to find incredibly grating 
the way that it's done. But just like the actual dialogue and just overall writing in, in that DLC, I actually thought it was a step up from the main game, which was which was kind of nice. I mean, um, I don't know. It's uh, I was kind of surprised that I how, you know that I that I enjoyed that more. But um, but before I actually um, forget, I do want to actually talk about the end of the main game. Um, do we need a spoiler gap this? No, because I'm not going to talk about... Uh, I don't know. I, I don't even really remember. Like, I, I was so uninterested in the resolution <laughs> of the story itself. And in fact, the way the story resolves is through like a 10-minute just basically video that you're watching mm. at the end. It was, uh, it was infuriating. Like, w- it's, w- uh, w- Was it an anime? <laughs> it was not an anime. Um, but I. But anyway, the, the actual stuff you do leading up to that, mm-hmm. um, there was a sort of quote-unquote boss battle, which is kind of a bummer because that was a that was a big weakness of the previous Deus Ex game. And some would say actually the main weakness of the previous Deus Ex game. Um, and this game only had really one of those in that way, maybe two depending on some missions that you can do. Um, so that was a bit of a bummer. But the actual main level like the last big level of the game was maybe the best level or one of the best levels in the entire the entire game or maybe honestly in like i mean this game deus ex mankind divided despite i think having the the least interesting story to me out of any of the three deus ex games i've played all the way through which are the original deus ex human revolution and this one um it actually had some of my favorite level spaces um like the palisade bank which is a large kind of upscale um bank and sort of secure storage facility was one of my favorite areas in the entire game and really in the deus ex series because you have full access to it from the beginning of the game i mean it's locked down like you have to disable security and sneak through it but like you can just walk in the front door when, right when from Jensen the beginning of the likes. game that's true and uh the thing that's cool about it is that a lot of the areas inside of it are not hostile areas right from the start. So you can spend a lot of time just walking around the public areas of this bank and there are, you know, like you can talk to the receptionist and you can, if you find a way into the account manager's office, you can like talk to him. And, and it's it there. I long before I had any mission that actually required me to be in there. I had basically cased the entire bank and like cleaned out the secure vault of people who just store their shit there. Um, and so it meant when I actually came back a long time later in the game, I mean, it was a long way into the game until I actually had to go there for real uh, story missions. Um, I already knew the layout of the place really well. And I felt like I had sort of primed myself to just pull off that operation in a really clean way. It, it was really, really great. And it's a, I mean, you know, it's like a three story building with lots of offices, you know. Um, so what you like, what he likes. It's really definitely what I like. Um, and then the last level of the game, I was not as, maybe not as uh, complex as that in terms of all the, um, in terms of stuff to actually find because the, the bank just intrinsically has a lot of just information and material to find because people use it for, for secure storage. But the last level of the game was really interesting um, because it is, it's a, it's a large public space where there's like a gala happening, you know, like a celebration, sort of an, a party, an event. 
and it's like a hitman. <clears throat> It is. It's like it actually, a party in event. Then <laughs> it's, it's, it's a true it's always a, deep day <laughs> sex. It's always a party in event when I'm around. <laughs> um, yeah, I collected a lot of bodies in event. They we all had our own little very morbid party Jesus. in there. Um, and it actually hitman's a really really good touchstone. And I, I kind of want to talk about um, this kind of thing in general in games. Um, Sean brought it up in just because of uh, I don't even remember what game recently, but but uh, it is really really cool to play a game that is system rich, you know, like a Deus Ex game or a Hitman game or something, and then be in a large interior environment because this is very common in exteriors in games to to have areas you can just walk around in the public, but to have large complicated interiors with different uh, altitudes and and rooms that are accessible to you and ostensibly inaccessible people milling around and then not to have everyone just always be hostile all the time. It's, it's really, really, really cool. Um, and the, the last level of, of Deus Ex Mankind Divided is like this to just be walking around where you can see enemy, you can see like hostile, Mm -hmm. you know, security guys, but they don't care that you're there as long as you're just walking around. And there are dozens and dozens of just, uh, normal, like non-hostile people who are just there for the actual event, um, and then you can you can sort of cross the line into uh, you know off-limit zones, and then you have to be careful. But then you can pop back out again in a totally different part of the level and just sort of be very casual. And walking around in a space that's built out like this, without every second being in. Um, you know, highly alert mode allows you to actually appreciate the architecture of it. And I think also means that the people making the levels have to think of these spaces as real interior human spaces and not just sort of uh, like vectors. A pu- a puzzle for, maze. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, and the new Hitman has a lot of that too. I mean, well, not just the new Hitman, but Hitman generally. You know, you can. it's a little different in Hitman. In Hitman, you have to sort of create that for yourself mm-hmm. by putting on a costume but the sensation of walking around a hitman level when you're you know dressed as a cook or something and just being able to access huge swaths of like a, a really detailed intricate compound is really great and it's actually really rare like you just there aren't a lot of games that give you this sensation because most games that don't have um that aren't heavily system driven or that don't have combat in them don't aren't actually populated usually with a huge number of npcs at least not in um, big, dense interior areas, right? Like often you're ex- you're exploring a place that's been abandoned or right. a place with a few enemies peppered around it. Or if it's an adventure game, usually there's people just kind of like standing still what, what happens, in a zone. What happens in Deus Ex when, I mean, I guess probably something similar to Hitman, I was going to say when a skirmish happens, like when you actually do end up getting into the shit with someone, I guess the people were just like... Yeah. Do they... Cause, <clears throat> like, so enemies go into hostile mode and then non-enemies go into panic mode where they kind of just, they either run or they sort of just cower. Right. Mm-hmm. And then they wait for things to pa- to sort of <clears throat> blow over. Um, the, the thing is, in that level, well, in all the levels, I actually was I did my best to um, play non-lethally. Right. So you can stun enemies, but it's dangerous to, even to, to sort of tranquilize or stun an enemy, you, you even if, they don't die is pretty dangerous to do that in an area where people can see you because then enemies will actually open fire yep. instantly mm-hmm. and you, it's 
pretty easy for things to go to go bad from that point. So you, I, I on that level, um, that that level's intense for for this reason. I don't really know if I should spoil what happens because it's pretty cool to just do it yourself. Okay, especially if you're playing non-lethally. But th- there's a mechanic in that level that makes playing non-lethally intensely difficult. But when you pull it off, enormously rewarding. I cool. mean, I I don't know if I've ever been like that. Um, excited to like fulfill the the goals of a, of a mission in this way, but um, what was I just gonna? Oh, shit, I forget what I was just gonna say. Um, oh yeah, so I had been playing this game for hours and hours and hours and hours non lethally and being really careful not to kill everyone, and then I eventually succumbed to the constant like in game or sort of in menu prompts to download the Deus Ex Universe app on my phone, which lets you, like, scan these... I love when you download a connected app, Chris. When I do or when someone does? When you do. You, when you, I tend, do to, you tend to do it. Yeah, <laughs> I do sometimes. Um, and I, I have not ended up browsing this app very much, as it turns out. Um, they didn't attach a, like, match three uh, oh, no? game to it, like Anno, so I, I oh, have yeah. not found myself... Uh, actually opening it up for very many purposes. But one thing I did do was I noticed it has this stats thing. So I went into the stats menu and it just gives you tons of stats about your game. Like I have used augmentations 3,192 times, 1,875 of which are jumping. That's, <laughs> um, yes. Uh, it just gives you tons of, like I've, you know, Acquired 64,000 credits and spent 53,000 credits. Mm. Um, oh, man, it gives you your, like, financial trajectory. Yeah, I know. This That's is, like, Mint.com, like mint. Fitbit, yeah. just all, you know. <laughs> See, this says I've played 198 hours, but Steam says I've played, like, 30 hours. So I don't know what the, I don't know what this is tracking versus what Steam is tracking. It also knows how often you're thinking about Deus Ex. <laughs> <laughs> um Anyway, so I was looking through this, and then, and I, like I said, I'd been, uh, I had been really careful not to, uh, oh, not to kill people. Yeah. Oh. And then I, I went in here, and I saw, I was like, oh man, I'm so excited for it to say zero enemies killed. I'm so excited for my achievement, my important video game Chivo. achievement, to be reflected in this thing. And it was like five kills. Oh, whoops. Yeah. Shit. Out of like dozens of enemies, you know, encountered. You and, must have tossed someone somewhere where they died. Yeah. And I, I was so, I was so bummed. Uh, I was really sad about well, it. Well, at least you're being honest with yourself now that you have to be confronted with the hard data. <laughs> that's, tr- <laughs> that's true. Um, Whatever you believed yourself to be, that's not who you are. Oh, it says four kills. It says four kills. Oh, they here. took one. Oh, okay. good behavior. So, well, yeah. That guy yeah. lived after. Oh, wait, all. no, seven kills. Oh, man. Oh, no. Oh, I was going by the minute. It was just four <laughs> kills with a sniper rifle. Uh, <laughs> what? Wait, you don't remember that day? Well, of your see, that's life? what I was confused about. So I. <laughs> I, didn't I, know I have no recollection of that, Senator. And they die. Uh, I'm sorry, I can't recall, Senator. <laughs> so it says here in your app that you shot four <laughs> people with a uh, sniper rifle. I, I don't know. Uh, uh, photo one, photo two. Run. Yeah. Why did you even have? Why were you looking through the scope of a sniper rifle and shooting someone? Uh, <laughs> I could see them better. Yeah, <laughs> you didn't have binoculars. <laughs> you have robot eyes, sir. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it's only my sunglasses that are robotic. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's actually true. No, I guess he's got he's got he's got both. 
sensor eyes. Anyway, why doesn't he just have like contacts that can automatically? Why does he need like literal sunglasses that pop out of his fucking face? It's the dorkiest shit. Like, yeah, yeah. I, Quite asked and answered. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, guys, check this out. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa. Um, so anyway, I go back into the game and I'm like, I still, even though I know I've already, already sort of broken the seal, I still can't bring myself to like intentionally kill people in the game. Because That's I'm, good. I'm like, I'm so. Well, I killed once. I might as well just kill everyone. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, I, and so anyway, I completed the entire rest of the game, and then when I when I got the like end credit sequence, the little achievement popped up. For zero kills for the entire game. Oh well, maybe so. So the to- app is just totally. The app is just, I think, busted. Because I was very well, confident. How often did you use a sniper rifle and fire a bullet? I only used a sniper rifle on four guys once on a drone. <laughs> okay. Oh. Yeah. I used it to. And I the used drone to caught shoot. that bullet. I <laughs> carried <laughs> it and then shot off the right. people. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah. Traced so the if you never traced if the you've never to your given gun. that bullet to that drone, right. who knows? It could have lived a happy life. Yeah. You introduced bullets into the drone population. That's true. Um, so I actually did it. I did it. I, I maybe your the game. app's data is like is commingling. I think they also might just be using it. Use. I think they might be using kills more loosely than the game does. It might count mm. like destroyed thing, like non non humans. <laughs> I, I'm not actually sure, but I but I was very confident. I had. Oh, I you're mean, saying that it has a political agenda where the app is vegan, and when you oh, ate the, that slayer yeah, robot, the app three. is itself. A robot because it's software. Oh, so it's, it's, it's taking so, it more personally. So it, than, it is. To, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. When I killed those camera, when I blew up those cameras, right? Those autonomous little that was a life cameras. Yeah, yeah. This app's like, oh, he doesn't even know. Yeah. The <laughs> app takes a, feels it every time. Yeah. Um. So anyway, I, I don't know. God, this has been the least focused discussion, but um, I wanted, uh, despite my my coolness on a lot of aspects of this game. I really did want to call out, I think, some really fantastic level design, um, both in the main game as well as, to some extent, also in the uh, System Rift DLC. Um, but it, I'm, I'm really glad to see good, strong, recent examples of system-driven games that at least have the option to, I mean, in, in Hitman, more than the option, but at least have the option to not perceive every space from the beginning as sort of a combat facilitator um, and to allow lots of reasons and opportunities for you to engage with like a large complicated architectural creation uh, in a way that feels like living and breathing and reactive. And I just, that's hard, you know, one, it's really hard to do Two, It's not clear what the sort of payoff is like from a, I think from a business standpoint, like those games that, it is so much harder to do that, right, than to make a sort of corridor shooter or something. And so I really appreciate teams that uh, actually have stuff like that in their games. I mean, even in, in Hitman, not even all the levels necessary are, necessarily are quite, you know, to the to the level of uh, the, for instance, the Sapienza right. one. You know, it's a tough thing <clears throat> to do. And in, in Deus Ex, you can tell there are, like, some really big showcase levels where they really went all out because that stuff is just really complicated and difficult. But the payoff, if you like really systemic games um, and exploring interior spaces, which I do, is just amazing. So I had a lot of fun 
with Deus Ex. It sort of got better the more I played it and the more I just kind of got used to the hearing the same goddamn news report literally for the entire game. Um, but uh, but yeah, I, I had a lot of fun with that stuff. Cool. Yeah. Should we take a break? Sure. Yeah. From take the a break. creators of Final Fantasy. <laughs> <laughs> An anime. <laughs> From the creators of Final Fantasy, Spirits Within. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I didn't, I mean, sorry, I gotta ask you, why did it have anime art? I have no idea. Okay. That was never answered. Okay. Yeah, I I think they they someone someone marketing person. It'll set it apart from yet another Deus Ex screenshot. Yeah, I guess guess that's it, yeah. yeah. And you didn't find and unlock the, like, five animes that were in there. I did not. I did not. You didn't find the guy in front of a computer watching that anime. Uh, I didn't. <laughs> That's in the Hitman. Uh, and we'll talk about that some other time. Man, the the world where there is a guy in the Hitman game watching the anime from the key art of the new Deus Ex DLC. God, they're the same company, aren't they? That's yeah. why I said Square Enix. Yeah, yeah, no, I know, but I thought you were just, I yeah, was just thinking. Yeah, isn't that wild and interesting? Isn't it wild and interesting? Video This episode of Idle Thumbs is brought to you by Blue Apron. Blue Apron will send you everything you need to make delicious home-cooked meals. All the ingredients, the recipe, everything you need comes in a refrigerated cardboard box. Did they send you an apron, Chris? I have not received an apron. Apron sold separately. (laughs) Apron sold separately. Blue Apron sold separately. Yeah. Uh, But they do, for free, include... The uh, refrigerated uh, packing materials. Yes. I know very important to you. That's true. I can Nick attest Brecken. to that. Oh yeah. Yeah. No, I, I need. I need. I need it to be cold. Yeah. Nick Brecken, notorious cold. germaphobe. Yeah. Cool. Cool freezing bucks. <laughs> Particularly important, I think. I actually don't know if this is true, but it seems like it would be important for uh, fish, which mm-hmm. is something that I typically. Uh, never really cooked with or thought to to get at the supermarket because it seems daunting. Yeah, which I'm they're sure staring is at like you, nonsense. They're saying you can't cook they're, me. I didn't even look at them Don't that long to, 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 to imagine interiority in the right. in the mind of the dead fish. Right. Uh, I like another way in which I'm slightly different to Nick Brecken. Right. It's true. Um, <laughs> but uh, generally speaking, about one of the meals per week is actually a fish dish, um, and so it's nice being prompted to actually make something with whatever shows up in the blue apron. Um, there's like a seared cod, uh, in with like Udon in a broth. That was very, very nice. Mm. For instance, if you go to blueapron.com slash idle, you can get your first three meals free with free shipping. Also it's free meals. Nobody doesn't like free food. That's true. And you get that knowledge. Oh, right. Cooking and nutritional knowledge that you can keep forever. Even as the if meals, you teach a man to cook even a as fish, the meals pass Chris. through you, yeah, and into the sewage system. <laughs> so if you go to if you go to blueapron.com <laughs> slash idle, yes, you can get on that knowledge train. <laughs> Apparently, cook, on that sewage train as well. Meals. <laughs> well, let's not associate sewage with no, our sponsor, Nick Brecken. Let's not do that. Why would you do that? I don't know why I would do that. These are delicious meals. They're good. They're no, they're really v- tasty of great variety, and you can cook them yourself in your own home. You eat them. You do eat them. That is blueapron.com slash idle. This episode of Idle Thumbs is also brought to you by Indochino. Indochino creates made-to-order menswear. So you take all your measurements, uh, just sort of the measurements that a tailor 
takes. Yeah, they show um, you how to do it on your on their site. Yeah, and you set you sort of fill out your online profile, and then you can order your shirts, your pants, your suit, your whatever that are made to your specific. Uh, measurements and specifications. Yeah, they have they have fitting rooms and showrooms in in oh, some true. major uh, cities. Right. So yes. we went to the San Francisco office. Yes, exactly. Yeah, you can either measure yourself uh, or you can go into a showroom if you live somewhere where they have one. I should have mentioned that. And we went into the San Francisco showroom, got ourselves sized for shirts. And Jake, you got your shirt and are wearing your shirt right now. I'm wearing it, and I have to say, it fits you perfectly. Thank you. Well, it was sized to me by a man. <laughs> <laughs> the thing that was surprising to me about going in for this. Uh, shirt fitting was that it was not just I like this shirt tailor it to my size but like we got measured and then they have racks of shirts in the store and then the same thing is online and I sort of went okay well I just want a plain white shirt and then they're like well since we're making this for you from scratch an experience I've not ever had it was like pick which cuffs will stitch onto it do you want pockets where do you want them how many of them do you want what collar do you want how do you want the collar lined like what do you want Mm -hmm. you know Cufflink cuffs, standard cuffs, even like the way that the buttons uh, work down the front of the shirt, there's like multiple different stitching styles and it's just like, well, yep, yeah, literally was, someone is just making experience. this for you from nothing so you can just pick all of it. And it was, it was almost overwhelming uh, until I realized that I could get uh, a custom monogram. I don't know if we want to reveal the contents <laughs> of the monogram oh, until, until a future ad. Yeah, until, uh, until the, the people present for the ad are more appropriate for the payoff. <laughs> So if you go to Indochino.com and then enter the promo code IDLE at checkout. Classic. Yes. Uh, this week, you can get any premium Indochino suit for just $389. Um, that is a big discount off of the rack rate on these. And these are, again, made-to-measure uh, suits. They are made to fit you. They've got some nice-looking suits there. That is Indochino.com. With the promo code IDLE, you can get any premium suit for just $389 and free shipping. Um, I think probably most people these days, certainly including myself, have never had made-to-order clothing. So it is a pretty awesome thing. Uh, that is Indochino.com with the promo code IDLE. Video games. All right. I guess we're back from our break. Oh, God. I guess we're back from our break. <laughs> oh, man. Back from the break. Mm-hmm. Nick Brecken. 2K17. Uh-huh. Yeah, Nick Brecken. That's, that's, that's my name. That's my, that's my instant message handle from uh, 1999. <laughs> oh, uh, man. You're almost... You're NB2K17. So... <laughs> oh, shit. Um, Nick Brecken Avatar. Yeah. 2017. Yeah. That's actually the reason I, I, I loaded this game up. Uh, just and, to oh, make, NBA2K17. Yes. Right. A basketball video game. Yeah. Just to make my avatar. Just to make my guy. So... Um, how did you – so is, does this have – you talked about this maybe previously or not? Does this have some sort of face scanning technology? Man, this is it? Nick Brecken Avatar 2017 because yeah. you did post – Yeah, no, I did, I did post a thing. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, also integrated app um, that it immediately – so I, I went into the character creation. They're like, new, this, this, this year – uh, face scan, and I was like, "Well, I can't resist this. I I know what this Who is gonna could? what this is gonna do." Uh, so I downloaded the integrated app, which allows you to use your, I guess, front or back camera 
to slowly rotate your face and then it somehow takes you saw his tweet about we talked about it last week when you were gone jake yeah you saw his actual tweet of his hilarious slouch face yeah yeah Yeah. i think i think it uses voxels or something and it it just sort of composes like a i'm sure i'm sure there's a siggraph paper and talk about how you can swing a phone around someone's face and it turns into them right um it didn't turn into me but (laughs) so i I had to tweak myself to, to 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 look like myself and then um, and then I just started playing the the my career, uh, which I guess I don't have a lot to say about. It's not as outrageously ludicrous as last year's, um, but last uh, year's was the Spike Lee one, right? Yeah, yeah. This year it's um, oh gosh, I can't remember his name. It's the director of Creed is doing it this year, and there are just a lot of actors that just pop up into the middle of this thing, um, and people like Hannibal Burris and just yeah, it's 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 goofy in the sense that it's just wide ranging and and. Uh, um, they just spent a ton of money, but it's not as uh, embarrassing. I'll put it that way. Sure. Um, the stuff that they added that I think is actually really good um, is now when your guy goes into his like, you know, outrageously lavish uh, personal court, which serves as kind of like the hub loading area. Um, you could do a bunch of stuff like practice your shot or whatever, which actually like impacts your stats. But then also you have a cell phone now, and man. I expected this to be complete throwaway garbage content. They did a really good job with just making a guy like telling telling a dumb guy's you know insane uh, uh, lavish lifestyle through a through cell phone conversations. Like it's really really good, and they and they finely tuned these conversations to like basically exactly what is happening as you're playing the game. So like if you go and have like a bad game, your mom will text you and she'll just <laughs> say like. I saw your game, but I turned it off after the fourth quarter. Did you do anything better than what you were oh, doing? Wow, and you and then and then your responses are like sad face emoji or just like <laughs> or just like what well, come on, mom, or just you know, like there you have yeah. multiple choices. Yeah. Um and then like the just the responses are, are hilarious because they just pull all of this data that you know, like all the right all all of the uh, sort of conditionals that are building up as you're as you're playing a game that's just, Man, that's fascinating. It's really, really good. Uh just and, and the conversations are well written. Like they actually do really uh, like like well paced text messages like they're not only believable but they're they're like in large part funny or entertaining which is not what I expected yeah. at all. Um, it's pretty good. Man, actually. that's impressive because they're basically in like in addition to having to just design a basketball game. I mean, I guess iterate on a basketball game. Yeah, they also just have to design like an interactive fiction game. Yeah, because like I mean I, I yeah all of the. Like taking into account things that have happened and then write the conversation such that it accounts for this and this and this and this and sort of these variables are tracked and then which ones are you surfacing and then how do you write them in such a way that even if you combine them in this order rather than that order, they still flow naturally. Right. Um, like, I mean, I'm familiar with oh, yeah. that shit. Oh, yeah. Uh, it's funny that that's in sports games now. Yep. Yep. And it's it's actually carried off pretty well. Um, the other thing that, um, that they've added is um, – like now the way that you practice is you go to a practice gym, which I guess is kind of what you did in the first place. But now you sort of have total freedom of what you're doing in there, which has just created this weird character. So like I'm playing as Nick Brecken and I well, <laughs> like but Nick Brecken in quotes as though, well, he's not you know, literally you. he's, he's not me really. Oh, okay. He's the president now. He's that's what, that's the nickname of the, of, of the, the, of the my career guy. So he's prez. Uh, which is gross. But you could surely go into the options menu and change your nickname again like you could. Yes. Last time. So I'm technically the wizard, um, which <laughs> is fine. Prez the um, wizard? Yeah. 
So so Prez, you know, Nick he, Prez Brecken, Nick Prez the wizard, the wizard Brecken. Um, Nick the Prez wizard Brecken. Let's yeah. Just nest these. <laughs> Now you have all of these options every day of things that you can do, and you actually have, like, a schedule, like, 9 to 10. Like, here's what you could do right now. Like, you could go to an endorsement, or you could go to team practice. My guy is just the shittiest guy because they start you out with, like, no, like, NBA bucks. And so the only way that you can make bucks is either by playing the games or by doing these endorsements. And so, like, at first well, I was isn't like... isn't playing the games what how people actually start their career or, or like... Well, yeah, but then, but then also, like, because I'm a really cool, like, first round drafted guy, I immediately mm-hmm. got like immediately a shoe deal, and I've, yeah. I've got like you know like a local TV ad I have to do over here. So I'm just you know I was does like, it well, show I'm, those happen? Like, do you get to watch your guy do a TV ad? How long? Um, you, some of them. How long can you run out that clock? Like, if you only do endorse, if only do sponsorship sort of endorsement spots, yeah. how long until you become such a shit basketball player that people stop? sponsoring you. Well, that's the thing. You start out total shit to begin with, really. Even though you're drafted first round, you're garbage. Like, right. you're just, like, that's a complete fiction. You somehow, right, like, right, duped right, everybody. Right. You're one of those first round draft picks that, like, clearly shouldn't yeah. have been drafted. You're Tim Tebow or something. And you're just like, okay, um, I got a cool shoe. I guess I should go to the store opening. And so I'm just doing all of these endorsements and not going to the practices. And so, like, I, I, and I didn't even know what was important or what wasn't important. And so, like, I went to You can like, probably guess that yeah, going to the shoe the commercial is less ball. important. Fair. Playing fair. basketball. I didn't realize they like, overlapped, though. And so I was just hitting, like, endorsement, endorsement, endorsement. This and my like, guy would just, like, come in. He would, like, check his phone and then, like, go back out to, like, the next Nike store opening or something. And then eventually <laughs> I got a text message from my coach. And he was just like, uh, hey, hey, Brecken, like, what's up? And I was like, oh, nothing, coach. How you doing? And he was like, um, so we missed you at team practice the other day. Uh, I don't know what's going on, but I, I'm, I can't, I, you know, I'm, you're really fucking up. And I was like, sad face emoji. Uh, whoops. And Who then my mom. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so I finally showed up for one of these practices and in, in doing so, I realized that like the most efficient way of completing these practices, there's like a bar at the top of the screen. And what they want you to do is they want you to, like, practice your shot and do all these things. But there's also a weight room off to the side, which has all these, like, weight room mini games. And there's one mini game where you just kind of, like, squat down and jump up and try and, like, hit this thing. It's like a vertical jump test or something. But it's over in, like, 20 seconds. Like, it's the fastest possible mini game you could potentially. And and if you do it twice. Again, probably not getting better at basketball. If you do it twice, you fill up the bar. So I was Uh, like, okay. I'll come to practice. And so now every practice, I just go, I immediately walk past my entire team, go into the weight room, (laughs) jump up twice, and then exit, and then go back to my, like, shoe deals. And that is my guy's, like, entire life. And just, like, people texting me saying, like, man, you... Uh, you weren't very good in the game today. Like I don't know what you're what you're thinking. Like you were drafted first round. There are a lot of expectations here, uh, wizard. Like what are you doing? And I'm like I'm filling up the bars. Like what do you want me to do? Anyway, uh, play basketball. <laughs> so I don't. So okay, I haven't played through a modern yeah. uh, sports game campaign story mode like this. Yeah. Ever. So what happens if you were just garbage forever? Can you like complete the campaign? Well, there's no. How, I mean, how does it it's, work? Do every, you lose? It's a season, you know, and uh-huh. know, you'll always I mean, be on a team. Is the answer to that? Right, like, they'll know, never like, just be like, "Oh, you're going down to the minor right, leagues." Right, I know, but yeah. can you like get to the last cutscene? Is what I'm saying. Uh, there is no last cutscene. It goes on forever. 
Oh, this I thing is basically like I complete. thought there was a story. Does the story? Yeah, but start? now now it's like actually oh, so somewhat last, generated. So last so. year there was a full story. This year, are you sure that it was? Is it Ryan Coogler who directed that? Yes. I don't. Are you sure he was involved or just cast from his films? I'm pretty sure that okay. he was. Hmm. I think he. I think they got him just in the way that they got Spike Lee. Um, <laughs> I haven't seen anyone else mention it except for you. Really? Yeah. Oh, uh, maybe it's maybe it's just that Michael B. Jordan is the. One of the dudes. It's one of the dudes. God, I could swear that he was that he was that they got him. Anyway, whatever. Um, <laughs> Maybe they got him for some press juice, but he wasn't involved hmm, in the content. Perhaps. Um, I didn't look that closely at it. But but it's, uh, this is not like a movie that has basketball no. inside of it the way that last year's was. Yeah, now it's actually kind of reacting to what you're doing, and I think it just goes on forever. So you can just um, basically be the shittiest guy who just rolls around at the bottom of manages to be on the team. Yeah, I guess we'll see if I play more of it what ends up happening. The other thing I wanted to say actually really quick is that um, I haven't played a sports game well, in a while, period. But then I haven't played a sports game back-to-back, I guess probably since I was a kid, like from year to year, you know? Mm-hmm. Right. And it's interesting to see what they're doing with this. I mean, this is a, you know probably the prime example of a sports game at this point. I think NBA, the series, is like... And it's one of the reasons why I'm playing it. Everybody sort of regards it as, you know, a model, like a, a very prototypical mm-hmm. sports game at this point. But um, the uh, thing they did this year is actually kind of interesting just from a game's perspective. They are kind of turning it into an esport. Like I think last wow. year they were they were really keen to do that and they had all these tournaments that they were sponsoring and stuff. But this year they fundamentally changed the way that you create players. So now you pick a position, but then within that position you have to choose from like five archetypes, like sharpshooter or uh, like shot creator or whatever. But what that does is you always have these like seven or eight attributes that are, that sort of correspond to different sub attributes so like you know agility gives you like bonuses to speed and other things and so as you as you put a point into agility it's boosting those things right and then those things obviously translate into your performance on the court and i don't know it's a crazy sort of rpg system but then this year they're putting hard caps on those attributes based on the archetype that you choose so what they're doing basically is turning it into a class system like you're essentially just choosing your like class, and then your sort of like subclass within that, um, and the, the fact that there is if you're if you get up to a high level, you're just going to have maxed those out. They're like creating, therefore, like the programming version of that. Right. In the past, class. you could yeah. you could you could choose like I'm a point guard, but then you know even though everybody is capped at a certain number of upgrades, you could put all of your points into three point shooting and all of your like, and then also you know all of the max potential points into like dunking or something which then makes this weird character that wouldn't really exist now in you're real maxing life. out predetermined uh like characters right. there there is yeah. no character for instance that can do that now you can't be like a lebron james dunker and also a guy who's like steph curry three-point shooting like that just doesn't exist in the game now so you're basically turning everybody into some kind of weird like dota character um it's <laughs> potentially really good like yeah, I mean it's a cool. really good move and then the other thing they did is that the movement system is very subtly changed where in the past it was very reactive which from a gameplay standpoint from a single player standpoint probably feels better like I, I loaded it up and the first game I played I was like oh this feels kind of sluggish like my guy is sort of moving further than I want to every time and mm-hmm. then like changing course as you're running now just feels a little bit more sluggish than it did but what that's doing is it's making you commit to kind of in a re, in a you know fairly realistic way, 
to the position that you're going to run to on the court. Right, yeah. well, you, you have real momentum now uh, in a way that was just sort oh, of so you there can't before. snap around like an NBA Jam player anymore. So you can't yeah. just do stupid sports game stuff. Like in the past, like I don't know. I, again, I haven't played a lot of sports games, but I remember playing like the first online sports game. It's probably like an NHL game or something, but you could just do ridiculous things where you would just like immediately sure. change course, which allowed you to kind of game it. And I remember playing against somebody, and they just comp- they just just because of the way that you can uh, sort of manipulate the movement, you could just do stupid stuff and like always score from this point, or just the stuff that you know everybody makes fun of sports games for from 1994 or whatever. But now, because of this, it's become an actual. I mean, it's not again, it's not on the level of like a Dota game, obviously, but like. But, you know, you're capped at certain stats. So in many ways, you're probably not the fastest guy on the court or the, you know, the, the strongest guy on the court. And then also you have to really think about like what you're going to do and really pay attention to what other people are doing and actually play positional basketball, which is hard to do. Um, and then it makes you realize how hard that is. And it's it's actually, you know, again, just oh, like a cool, better yeah. simulation. I don't know. It's hard to describe. You almost have to see it in motion. But, no, that totally makes sense it, in principle. Yeah, in principle, it's it's really, really smart. I haven't played an online game yet, so I don't know if it actually is doing what it should theoretically be doing. But it's it's really interesting to see how much that – like they it doesn't feel like a major change. Like it's not something you would be able to really put on a yeah, bullet. Yeah, but on the – but man, just imagine the surface, like, it's, on the dev team, that's got to be – Oh, my like, God. <laughs> technically, that is a huge thing. And then convincing people that the technical investment is actually yep. going to pay off with something that makes the game better. Yep. Like I can just imagine – and I imagine also sports development – sports game development is probably fairly conservative mm-hmm. because you're shipping something. One that is like – trying to imitate a real life thing which means you can't just like right. make shit up whole cloth and then two uh you know you have a, 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 sm- a year to do it only yep. every time which is not a lot of time in game development um and you have to not annoy like a mass of people who buy your thing every single year yep so that that's like changes like that i can just imagine oh how, my god yeah how, how big a deal that must be yeah. internally yeah no, yeah, it it's it's impressive to see that they're actually doing that stuff because yeah, you can probably look at and again, I don't play these games, but something like Madden or you know, kind of the staples that have no literally no competition. You know, there's no other football game than Madden, and as I'm pretty sure, just to have a like, cursory glance at that community and and all that stuff, it feels like that game is basically the same fundamental game year to year. Yeah, um, I could be wrong again, but like. Uh, there, but yeah, there are times when Madden makes an evolutionary jump, but I don't. I don't know if like the entire way that the characters move mm-hmm. changes that dramatically from one year to the next, like that. Yeah. Like that. I mean, the two things you described. Like I, even if that does not come to pass, it. I bet that you're very close to the mark on what the team was aiming for with that, especially given that you said that they started running some attempt at a pro game co- competition circuit last year. Yeah. 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 I th- well, yeah, and I, I think it's, you know, like just like two days ago, the co-owner of the Golden State Warriors announced that they, he was buying Team Liquid. Uh, what? Yeah. You didn't see this? No. Oh, man. Yeah. Him and um, the uh, Washington Capitals owner teamed up and bought <laughs> Team Liquid. What the hell? For like, I think a lot of money. Um, oh, my God. So, like, so we're crazy. in a weird world sorry, where, people, like, sports for, and esports are people, crossing over. For people who are me and everyone else who does not give oh, two sorry. shits about esports, e- e- which which game or games does Team Liquid uh, participate well, in? Well, they all of them. Yeah, they started okay, off so as they're like, StarCraft, but now they're Dota. Okay, they're one of those. League of Legends. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, I like that, man, I like the, other, the, the owners of other, bas- of other professional sports teams, like, quote-unquote, real ones, have now are yeah. investing in esports. Well, and Shaq, Shaquille O'Neal, is a commentator in this game. 
um, and is a fairly prominent commentator. He's like the guy in, on like TNT, NBA, or whatever. He's a part owner of an esports team now. I didn't like, know that. Uh, these guys are all investing in esports, and so it makes sense that now the NBA game is turning into that. Um, yeah. yeah. Wow, that's really interesting. A, yeah. A, a stupid thing that I was thinking about uh, about this when you were talking about it, and man, this is really stupid. Uh, <laughs> is uh, NBA 2K as uh, an esports game? Mm. It's a if that ends up being the case, because it's you know it, you know if 2K games or 2K sports rather is is trying to push for that. At the same time as they are pushing for aesthetic authenticity to televised basketball, mm. that kind of sucks. <laughs> like so one of the things that's really cool about uh, about esports is that mm. it looks like a thing that would only ever exist right. inside yeah. of an esport. Yeah, those, do, those do feel like two different goals, kind of. Yeah, like there's yeah. like the cross cutting between the team playing the sport in like in the international and then to what's happening on screen is part of the fascination, at least for me. Like, right. sort of. You know, and it also almost gets into the same sort of fascination I think people have with Let's Plays and stuff. So watching people, mm. you know, just the international, I do think that there's some, you know, there's obviously there has to be some correlation between people liking watching people play video games on the internet and people liking watching highest skilled people of all time doing it because you get the same thing. You get to watch things happen in a video game right. and then watch a guy go, blah! Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, it makes me almost wish that the esports version of NBA uh, games would <laughs> like more outrageous. Just like get the, <laughs> like, a, like, like just aesthetically, like, just get the yeah. get the crowd out of the way. Put some hilarious fucking neon lights in there. Mm-hmm. Like just make it look like not basketball, even if the mechanics are exactly the same as basketball. I know that that is completely unappealing, right. but I don't. It seems like it's going to be kind of dumb to fill a stadium full of people to watch a game that has a TV screen representing a different stadium. Mm. Right. Yeah. You know, like that's stupid. Play, right. Playing a virtual version of a thing that actually exists. Yeah. Like, I, well, I mean, life. that might speak to, you know, the level of interest in this from a gamer perspective. Like, I don't I don't actually know. Surely that I, like, I don't I don't have a good perception of what this is. But like, I know uh, somebody who watches Dota. I don't know how much interest they would have in watching an NBA game. That's, that's as an probably true. And, and I wonder you know, it, it probably will just manifest I mean, into separate. I'm guessing kind of that NBA, tracks, I mean, right? I strongly, I, I don't, I don't know anything, obviously, but like, I kind of doubt that actual sports games are going to become also important esports. That is, that is probably I don't know. true. But like, maybe I mean, the it's maybe. It, I mean, I I I, 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 hear, I hear what you're saying, but there are so many people who buy these games. Like, we're talking about like a sure, it's, it's, but are oh they bu- but are they buying them to watch them? Or are they buying them to like actually have the the sort of themselves have the the like escapist or sort of aspirational experience yeah I or mean, just they just like engaging that, yeah them. I'm not, I gen- I'm I generally not saying that you're, that you're that right but. not wrong or that you're not right because i think that you are probably right i was only teasing that out because nick was pointing out that they're that this year nba 2k17 seems like they've at least to nick's eyes successfully executed on iterating their game to bring it closer to a game that would be able to be played and enjoyed as a professional game that's not to say that it's going to work yeah. but like the end goal of that seems like it will also run into completely weird aesthetic issues on a completely different well, axis yeah but uh, but also the two things you described feel different to me in that respect right like the uh the um thing of, well so both things you describe the uh stats sort of sorting and then mm-hmm. the uh or linking and, and and limiting and the movement model yeah those both seem like they work towards trying to make the thing more representative of like the actual NBA. Right. Um, but then one of them feels like it 
also, in addition to that, brings the game closer to an esports model, which is the stat element. The other one seems like it brings the game closer to a simulation of real-world basketball, and that the movement model does not seem like it has anything to do... Well, I mean, I, I can't speak to intention. I just mean from like a practical standpoint... I don't know why that would bring anything any closer to esports because esports never have shit like that in them. Esports are like the opposite of that. So that in itself doesn't seem like it it would necessarily Um I think that might be a balance issue kind yeah. of thing. I think that might be a very f- I think it might I think I'm not sure. Like I don't know enough about the way that people play this game online, but your, I suspect your that it might Your proposal for why it would be an, e- an esport plus up is because it would require a team to actually execute using team dynamics more the, yeah. because you can't all just crisscross across the court and take and ru- the whole team can't successfully run the entire field. Right. Yeah. I mean, you're talking about a very small play area, you know, and the way that they simulate the bodies in this game, like you can actually technically just push somebody across the court just via like your bulk and momentum. And I imagine that if they didn't pay more attention to the way that um, that that stuff uh, sort of functions on a on a you know momentum basis that. Ugh, it could probably get really gross from a multiplayer perspective, but yes, I, I understand what you're saying. Like, yeah. it doesn't theoretically make it a better esports, just you know, in terms of uh, yeah. basic movement. But anyway, I don't know. I ugh, you're probably right in that. Like, most esports that don't have multiple layers of depth are not the ones that uh, catch on in terms of spectating. Like, I know that people enjoy playing Rocket League a lot. I don't know how many people enjoy watching it. Probably more than than would enjoy this simply because of how outrageous it is. But like well, Rocket League is also in- easy to understand to watch. Well, it, it, so is this. I mean, no, this I know, is, I know. Just I just mean that. Well, I, 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 that's an interesting comparison for me though, because I was gonna, I was thinking about things like Call of Duty and these mm-hmm. things, which I don't think have caught on to the degree that watching Call of Duty and, is like impossible to understand. Well, right, but yeah. also there's just no. I mean, it's did the me, guy right. shoot the guy or not? You know what I mean? There's no. Well, there's, you also there's have no you coordination, have no but there, which is what makes. Right, I think a lot of the classically successful esports they do some spectating and things, but it's yeah. it's it's. I, I guess my point is there's no meta layer really. It's just are they doing what they are trying oh, to sure. do I or see. not? You know, yeah. Um, yeah. and eh. well, anyway. we should probably because Nick, I know you have to leave. We should probably oh, yeah. get some reader mail in. Um, all right, so Evan James here. Here, this is actually kind of relevant to what you were talking about, Nick. Mm-hmm. Evan James says, "Hi, thumbs, love the pod. What's your feeling on number systems in video games?" I feel like it's all terrible. Since everything has been RPG-ified for the past few years, we have numbered progression everywhere. Plus two to health regeneration. Plus 250% to critical hit chance every three swings. This thing weighs eight. You can carry 90. Scale of numbering has never gone over in a tutorial. When given the option to upgrade something, it'd be nice to know what two means and what 2,000 means, if 2,000 even exists in the system. It's a real chore to have to click around a bunch of menus, studying the various number systems, health, armor, carrying capacity, critical hit chances, magic, etc., just to glean a sense of the overall scope. Do you all know why abstractly learning a number system for so many games is supposed to be part of the fun? Do you find it fun? Thanks. Ariskany Evan on the forums. Seems like it's part of games because of Dungeons and Dragons and because computers like numbers. But yeah. yeah. That's true, although you don't necessarily have... To, the thing that is that is less of a given is how much of that you put in front of the player's face and cover with actual real right, numbers right. that the player has to interact with. It's. I mean, it seems like that just... Sure, I don't. I don't mean to be like stupidly dismissive, but I also think that there is a pretty clear line between early computer games when it was one of the only things you could do, and then later computer games where, because of the way computers work, it's the easiest thing to do. Yeah. And then, but also the entrenched tradition that came yeah, with that. I know. I understand that from like f- yes, 
but also you can look at certain traditions of video games that at one point had essentially no numbers in them and now have a lot of numbers in them. Again, I'm speaking surfaced to the player, not mm-hmm. obviously under the hood. Every mm-hmm. video game is full of numbers. But like almost, I mean, other than JRPGs, like most console games for a long time did not service a lot of numbers at the player. Right. Um, you know, shooters, first-person shooters for a long time mm-hmm. did not service a lot of numbers at the player. Like a right. lot of games did not, and now a lot of games sort of, sort of incorporate RPG elements, which as this reader says, Increasingly, it's like almost every genre yep. um, have a lot more numbers and not just numbers, but also just sort of um, complexity of menus and options and trees thrown at you. As a person who has never liked that, I still don't understand it other than <laughs> other than just a sh- shitty old man person who just thinks that it's to make games seem bigger and more involved and to give you more fiddly shit to do. So I, I'm just a curmudgeonly old man who does not entirely understand why that happens other than the same thing that I just said, which is that every game just does it now. Like, it just feels like if you're a AAA game, you have to have that shit in your game. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think... Don't, I don't know, like, the good, the healthy motivation for it. I don't understand because I don't like it. Right. I think people have probably found that progression is compelling to people and numbers sort of... Numbers yeah. that go up over time are a very they feel easy, very good. Like, literal mm-hmm. way to reflect that. Yeah, I... A, a graph that... Uh, a, a bar that fills up. Mm-hmm. And then unlocks a smaller additional bar underneath it that you can also <laughs> fill up. Yeah, yeah. I was um, I was replaying Bioshock recently because the uh, remastered edition came out, and it's really nice. I mean, they 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 did a really good job, to, as far as I can tell. And it reminded me of something that I hadn't thought about recently, which is that that game made a really huge decision to downplay a lot of that stuff. From, for instance, its predecessor, its probably most direct predecessor, um, System Shock 2. Uh, and really, it took out a lot of like inventory management and stripped out a lot of the numbers and still kept a lot of the systems there, but sort of reduced the player's ability to engage with that stuff on an incredibly granular level. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, I think a lot of people um, were really, or a lot of people at least who came from that tradition of immersive sims and sort of RPG-inflected action games uh, were kind of annoyed at that at the time. Um, but I and and I think there may have been ways to to do it that were better than like you pick up this health thing and then immediately consume it. But like really, I think it actually works really well. Like when you go back and play that game, I don't really think it. I personally, anyway, don't think it suffers. It feels from it stripping feels like a lot they of that have, stuff out. It feels like Bioshock One has just the right amount of that stuff for the game that it is. I mean, I actually feel like there's a couple things in there that probably could have even been more. Like the crafting stuff yeah. feels like yeah. mm-hmm. it's there almost because there's one quest where you have to craft something, and the rest of the time it's like these could have just been the crafted pickups that I find in a bin, and they most often are. You just occasionally also get like a rubber hose, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think, and I think that's hard to tune that stuff in a way that is obvious as to what retains the benefit of the the sort of complica- complicated system without just sort of drowning the player in numbers and, and fiddly bits. You know, I mean, I certainly, actually, you know, the two games I mentioned this week, Deus Ex and Hitman, are really interesting because both of those games are stealth-oriented games with a lot of interactive world systems, physics, big complicated environments, different states of enemy enemy awareness, um, you know, ability to, uh, in very different ways, but both have ability to sort of disguise yourself, move through areas. Uh, but one of them has a lot of numbers and a lot of systems and things you can upgrade. And the other one, um, 
does not, I mean, services almost none of that to the player, right? Like in Hitman, you can um, wear different costumes and you can sort of uh, influence the world state and interact with enemies in different, like, aggressive ways. And you can pick up weapons. That's about it. Yeah, you can pick up weapons. You can pick up physical objects and throw them around. Right, but relative to Deus Ex, Hitman is like an arcade game almost. Exactly. Um, But it's still an incredibly intricate, fine-grained simulation with an enormous amount of player expressivity. imagine if Hitman got hungry. (laughs) <laughs> and then you had to find food that had, you know, health and stamina stats that you could craft into other food by, right. you know, disguising yourself as a cook, for yeah. instance, as a chef. Yeah. Um, and, you know, and De- Deus You didn't Ex- even think about it, Chris. I didn't think about it, because <laughs> I didn't. Um, Deus Ex has, a, a hu- like, a, a, essentially an enormous tech tree that you use to give yourself all kinds of additional abilities. Um, it's got a complicated inventory system. It has a very simple crafting system, but... I, I mean, I, I would wait, I would hesitate to even call it a crafting system, but it still has a thing where you have to manage like raw materials that you then turn into other things, um, and a lot of that stuff I think is additive. Probably a lot of it also isn't. You know, like there's probably a lot you could remove out of that stuff that would sort of initially on the knee jerk level annoy dorks like me who like all that fiddly shit, but really probably in the long run wouldn't really affect my the my actual enjoyment of the game and the legitimate. Because none of that's, not, I shouldn't say none of that, but some of that stuff isn't actually speaking to like the strength of Deus Ex, right? Like finding a bunch of raw just gears and shit. There's only one, there's a, an item in that game called crafting materials. And you just it's fine. It's not like you're combining string and duct tape right. and shit. Like you just find crafting materials and that you just instantly turn into um, like a health pack or an energy. This is supposed to be like raw goo that you like a 3D printer turns into your stuff or something. No, I don't think so. It's not really explained. It's like it looks like bolt nuts and bolts and stuff. Okay. Um, and like that, you know, I just kind of always end up turning it all into the thing that is the thing that is helpful to me, which given my playthrough is basically always the energy refiller thing. I imagine other people craft different things. I don't know. Maybe there's a more elegant version to do that because it's it ends up just being me. Every time I have, I end up with like more than one full stack of crafting materials. I just go into the screen, click, 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 click till I've got all my energy stuff. And then that's it. And that's the entire, that's like, it's not a deep interaction. Like, you know, there's nothing, there's no interesting expressivity going on other than I'm creating this instead of that. And that's it. And maybe that's not that interesting. I wonder if this, like, I, I I say this stuff, not dismissively, but like, super heavy stat-based stuff and, you know, sort of managing your character's state, managing the state of your inventory, combining a bunch of tiny little fiddly things. Like, that's obviously super in, especially on in Steam right now because procedural games in which you have to survive are a huge yeah. thing and have been for uh-huh. the last couple of years. I wonder if that's ever going to swing away from that or, like, I mean, I don't even know how to describe what I'm saying. Like, how much of that is a right. trend and how much of it is actually just a new dominant genre? I mean, even new well, do- new be, dominant genres also be, are trends yeah, in, a long, yeah, exactly. in the long term. You know? both, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. But it's That's tough to say. You know that that stuff. I mean, the funny thing is the the version of it that you see in Deus Ex is is totally not. I mean, it's like almost a coincidence that. Deus Ex has just always been fiddly like that, right? But that stuff is also now because it long like predates a, that. But like every all the examples that you're talking about are none of them are like an authored story campaign. Well, like the new Tomb Raider sort of str- straddles that That's line, true. right? You have a lot of games drawing from that. Yeah. Where like the sort of RPG, like things that you've learned from playing JRPG games or that you've learned from playing survival games feel like they now inform mm-hmm. or old computer RPGs or like old PC RPGs. RPGs. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. 
It's true. And, and honestly, I do like it. Like, I mean, I don't, I'm, I'm sort of going through the intellectual exercise here, but like, I like interacting with that stuff a lot of the time. I think I like the version of it, I guess, where you're going through a tree more than I like the version where it's like plus two to some stat. Yeah, same. You know, I like I, I like crawling up uh, an upgrade tree. Yeah, fine. And I, I think that's really important to Deus Ex because you end up having to lock out other skills. You know, like I don't put any points into any of the combat skills at all, and that's a choice I'm making. Um, and that stuff is just ends up being dead to my character. You know, like I'm never going to be able to like do a lot of the, the sort of complicated combat stuff. But it's okay because I'm self-imposing a limitation that I wouldn't use it even if I had it. Um, so it allows me like the freedom to become a fucking crazy hacker lord. Um, and that's I like that. I like that trade off. And it's hard to do that without, you know, some of these fiddly systems. But, yeah, a lot of the just like pure this just adds some like marginal amount of stat. That stuff I'm not I'm definitely not as crazy. about. Nick, what do you think? I hate crafting. <laughs> I've never enjoyed a crafting system in my entire life. Yeah. I don't understand why they're in there. I don't but really see, like there are people either, who love that. I shit. know, but there are people there are who tons love it. of people who love that stuff. <clears throat> I'm sure somebody just looked at like. A thing that said, "Oh man, if we add this component, we'll get X number of people interested in our game." Look at Far Cry. Look at what happened with that series. I mean, this is like all this stuff is just like homogenizing in a very obvious way. Yeah, crafting might be my least favorite of any of these, actually. Yeah, because it just finds its way into tons of different games, some of which really just have no business. That's the stuff that feels like busy work that almost always. Like there are some games in which crafting. Makes sense. Games that are most often explicitly about survival, yeah. but yeah. when it's in a lot of AAA games that either are uh, linear or you know an open world yeah. game that have a, uh, that have a linear objective chain in them, it feels like it was someone's way of justifying mindless collectability. Yeah. Like people love finding shit and collecting them. Oh, now you it has a purpose to it, but the purpose feels like it's just. Yeah, an uh, an additional abstraction on top of just giving you the things that you need to complete the game. That's when it feels really junky yeah. to me. Well, it's I'm, also like content and time, yeah, and and like just sort of material, yeah, right. Like it's stuff for player to do. I just generally prefer um, games that allow you to discover what the things you're picking up are. Like even just going back to I don't know ten years ago, like Resident Evil Four or something, where. I don't even think that game, when you picked up a gun, I don't think it told you, like, damage, X, whatever. Or what You know, I, I think it was just, like, this is a sniper rifle. It's probably going to be good at these certain things, but you don't know that yet. So try it out and see. And then, like, you have to make a choice. I mean, there is the constraint in that game is inventory space. But that's right. a fairly simple constraint to get your head around, and that's it. You know, and I think just, like, being able to, like discover what the things are that you're getting as opposed to just the thing just a, a UI telling you exactly why you should or shouldn't take it then it just adds a step that is not fun it's just like management which I, I don't know that that stuff to me where I'm comparing every every game now has like a comparison UI where it says like oh this thing is better in this area than, than I wonder the if that comes that holding, from the feeling that, that players won't swap the gun unless they see that there's a trade-off that has positives like you won't see yeah, the possibly. you won't see the movie unless the trailer tells you everything about the movie right well, possibly, you, kind of, yeah. you kind of need that in a game where there's so many different marginal you know like marginally right. different weapons right but I've never I've not, I guess I've just never preferred that right no I'm not saying I do either I'm just saying like that's certain, part of the reason like, for the yeah, comparison yeah, yeah, thing. a game that has Whereas, like either Literally or almost random world weaponry. Right. Whereas yeah, in, yeah. A, in a Resident Evil game, you have archetypal weapons. That's like, right. you know, the sniper rifle or like maybe the super crazy sniper rifle that you find in like a 
weird out of the way place that's like the amazing right. one that people make game facts about. But like, you know, but but a lot of games have there's like 20 different weapons, the majority of which are just different kinds of semi-automatic. So yeah, I prefer I prefer the upgrade version of that where like in Hitman for instance, you can slap a scope on your thing or slap like an extra oh, I ammo it. I thing. Love that that stuff, but that. see you don't have to explain that stuff. There's no it's not a different gun, it's just the same gun but then altered in some way. And that's well, what Resident Evil does. But it's altered does, in a way what... that that changes functionality rather right. than just like plus a number. It's not arbitrary. I mean, yeah, it's, it's doing plus a number in the code. Yeah, 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 yeah. Bioshock's gun upgrade thing, system was actually very good at having at feeling like both of those things were happening that's where true. like that's you true. could slap a thing on your shotgun that would make it explode a thing. But you also knew that, that that it was more powerful in a certain way. Blah blah blah. Anyway, yep. Just rip off soon. Bioshock, everyone. Wait, before Nick leaves, okay. One more email. Uh, so Renee Van Sicklin writes, "Hey thumbs, with your occasional reporting on the world of creeptastic robotics, I thought of you when I saw this video. The caption I saw referred to it as a robot puppy, but given its bouncing gait and climbing abilities, it reminded me more of a giant four-legged spider." <laughs> no longer will bots be stymied by the architectural obstacles which once provided humans with protection, as they can now climb stairs, scale fences, and open doors. Plus, it's called a ghost minotaur, so I'm, there's no way that's good. I, it's spelled. It's not spelled minotaur. It's spelled minitor. Oh. I'm a, this person continues. I'm assuming the name is a reference to the minotaur. And when when have you ever heard of a minotaur that wasn't trying to kill people? <laughs> Thanks for the great podcast and keeping us updated on the ceaseless march towards robot superiority. So the. The the actual video of this, I didn't read the whole email when I when I clicked on it. I just read up to the robot puppy part, and then I clicked on it, and it's <laughs> just this like hyperactive, f- fucking what crazy a- little bouncing like <laughs> like piece of shit. It's uh, it it climbs fences. It every oh man, watch it try and climb a fence. It just ah, climbs a chain link fence. Yeah, it oh climbs God. a chain link fence by basically just scrabbling at it. Forever until it just oh, slowly God. I don't, climbs. I don't like that. Yeah, and th- there's like a time Ooh, lapse of- where you see it on like in super <laughs> fast time climbing a fence, and it just grabbing, 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 grabbing until it slowly climbs to the top. Oh man, the way it opens a door is by launching itself towards the handle, pushing the handle up in midair, oh, falling it w- back. It wiggles up. back and forth excitedly first before it gets in. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> this, oh, ah. it manages to get in the door. It manages to open the door with the doorknob. Um, <laughs> Anyway, it's yeah, good, robot good, good news. radio here. Yeah. But uh, if you search for Ghost Minitor intro <laughs> from ghostrobotics.io, you can find. <laughs> Jesus. It, you know what's funny is uh, we are just, I mean, we've said this before, right, that we're just in the, like, first stage of Terminator. Yeah. At this point, we're just, like, making all the stuff and it's just happening. Um, the It's funny playing Deus Ex, which is a game that's set in the near future and is about you know, robotics, although in that game they all end up attached to human arms and shit. Um, there are there are some robots in it. Uh, but it's weird playing that game for so many dozens of hours and then seeing shit like this and be like, yeah, we actually really are. Like, we're actually in the prelude to that right now. We're just making all this shit and, like, we're, we're creating the, like, the early stage of the documentary yeah. where humans are like running around with these goofy robots and it's hilarious and they're climbing a fence. Right. And that's why robots like this are even more, dis- far more disturbing to me than like actual killer drone robots because these that's, are the ones the, that's that are in the movie. Us. Well, yeah, but also in the movie, it's always the stupid robot with the cute face that then like their eyes turn red <laughs> and then the fucking like, you know, they just. Right. Do when, when it begins. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's always, it's, not it's that, always the like, you that know. That one happens first and then it cuts like three shots of the gun drones. Right. Yeah. Exactly. 
exactly. But then it's like then the terrifying shot of the wacky kids, the butler droid, it right. just turns into a fucking like just you drives know, the car through the house starts, or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's always that. And then the face opens up and a drone God, comes out and shoots. A really <laughs> good, a really good way to represent that in a fictional movie, and I mean before it happens in reality, uh, would be for all of the like sort of useful robots. Like there's a period of time during which accidents just seem to happen more like not like fa- not like murder like robot murders or anything but just like oh weird our like self-driving car oh there's just like one out of every hundred times they like crash more often than or like it just they did won't before. drive like, forward it only yeah, back into yeah. something yeah like how weird our like kitchen robot like knocked over the fridge that's weird hmm didn't no one got hurt but like that's kind of this shouldn't happen and just you know very the kitchen slowly, robot is the fridge Chris but that's, anyway that's true. <laughs> the fridge weird fell it over just, it just stopped in front of my bedroom door so I couldn't open it for like three hours right but then it eventually <laughs> moved. It eventually <laughs> moved. moved I rebooted it for, like from the hard reset like on the local network but and like it's weird that that yeah. I wonder why that happened huh? and then a week later it happened again. <laughs> Yeah, but in front of the bathroom, it just yeah. can't, can't be related. But, I was right. in both those rooms, but when yeah, it happened. But, that's, but maybe that just happens also when I'm gone and I just never, you know, yeah. I don't know. Huh. Weird. The pizza. Oh, man. But, oh, God. Fuck. Nick has to leave. I know. Yeah, I know. Okay, last thing. Last thing. So, <laughs> I'm sorry, Nick. I'm sorry, Nick. Uh, so, <laughs> Joseph Garvin wrote in about Zoom Pizza, which we talked about last week. Jake, you weren't here, but we talked about a pizza shop where the pizza's made by robots. Uh-huh. And uh, Joseph Garvin says, here's something really seriously weird about Zoom Pizza. Uh-huh. I can't see a damn thing about the robots on their own website. And then he links to ZoomPizza.com. And then he has a parenthesis, but there is a guy in a Jurassic Park t-shirt, which feels like it might be a warning. And yeah, you go to ZoomPizza.com and you go to the about page. So most pizza, most pizza websites are pretty functional, right? This one goes out of its way to have a huge group picture <laughs> of every human being that works for this company and yeah. no robots. But we know that the pizza is made by robots. robots. Yeah. They don't mention it anywhere on the on the about page at all. It's not hinted at, hinted at. They just talk about how fresh their ingredients are. Like our produce is sourced from local farms. Like our artisan cured meats are crafted by hand. Our flowers are non-GMO. Our packaging is made from sugarcane fiber. Like blah, 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 blah. Warmly, Julia Collins, co-founder and CEO, like warmly, like a human being. Yeah. Um, Zoom Pizza was founded by two friends. But it boop. Here's all the people who we pay to work human beings, who we pay to work here. What the hell? <laughs> like, we're not even going to know when this all happens. Like, as this all happens. This, by the way, is the photo that the robots put in their fucking documentary about how early robots were treated by humans. <laughs> That's yeah. true. That's true. <laughs> the valuable contributions of all right. the robot cooks yeah. Yeah. in this kitchen completely ignored yeah. by yeah. their human owners, overlords. Okay, Nick, you're free now. Okay, bye. Right, bye, Nick. Bye. Thanks for listening to Idle Thumbs. Oh, to... Th- to the um, to the person who we got an, uh, a letter addressed to Idle Thumbs Squeaky Chair, oh, yeah. uh, and it contained some like chair like bulk grease. grease. Yeah. I ha- uh, I have not done it yet. I'm sorry yeah, to, to the, to the uh, anonymous sender of that. But thank you also. Yes, that was very courteous. Um, all right. Well, thanks for listening to uh, this week's Idle Thumbs. We can be found. Whoop. We can be found on the internet. Hey at idlethumbs.net slash idlethumbs. Also, idlethumbspodcast.com. I always forget about that URL. We've had it for years and uh, never mentioned it, but that goes straight to the Idle Thumbs podcast website, idlethumbspodcast.com. Um, you can find us on Twitter at twitter.com slash idlethumbs. You can find us on Facebook at facebook.com idlethumbs. You can subscribe to this podcast on uh, on iTunes, and if you do, 
please consider leaving us a rating and or a review. It helps us out a lot. Uh, makes the show more likely to actually show up when people go to the video game section of the iTunes podcast uh, place. Um, and, uh, you know, we don't have a lot of ways to grow the show, and that's a big one. Um, word of mouth recommendations also invaluable. You can also find us on Stitcher and I think some other places where podcasts are if, if that's if that's your jam. Um, are we in the Google Play podcast We are, actually. Zone? I, yes, we are on the take Google that. Play podcast zone. I will take it. Um, so, yeah. Are we on the Google Play podcast zone? I don't, I don't think we're on the Google Play podcast zone. That would be amazing. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, we. so I am uh, going to be in Tokyo for two weeks, starting in just a few days. So we. I'm not sure what... Uh, you will or will not be on the next episode of Idle Thumbs. Yeah, depending on whether we pre-bake an episode, but I certainly won't be on the one after that, so I will miss you all if that is the case. You'll be missed, Chris. Thanks, Jake. All right, thanks for listening. Bye. Bye. I'm going to Tokyo Disney on my trip, Speaking and of everyone poops. says the Winnie the Pooh ride there is amazing. Oh, wow. It's really yeah. cool. Yeah. Cars or the honeypots drive themselves around, as in classic Winnie the in Winnie the Pooh fashion. Yeah, in the style of that intellectual property, autonomous <laughs> self-driving <Right>. honeypots. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> autonomous self-driving <laughs> honeypots is <laughs> something else. It's the latest in the Obama in the and robot his autonomous uh, self-driving honeypots. What did yeah. Elon Musk announce this week? <laughs> <laughs> The Russians have deployed autonomous self-driving honeypots. <laughs> <laughs> What's life like in Trump's America when he par- partners with Putin? With Putin's Winnie the Putin. <laughs> God damn it! Uh, well, this is erased. Winnie the Putin. Yeah. Winnie the Putin is is probably actually the alt right's answer to the Donald Trump Pepe. The, uh, Donald Trump Pepe is the alt right's answer to that. No, I mean, like, it looks like Donald Trump. Like, if they had an, uh, introduced another cartoon into the oh, mix. Oh, I see. Uh, yeah, I see yeah Winnie the Putin, but he looks like Donald Trump, kind of. No, he's just Putin. Oh, he's just Putin? He just hangs Winnie the Pooh is Putin. Eeyore is Donald Trump or something. No, I mean, no, I mean the Frog so. remains as Donald Trump. Yeah, that's probably true. Yeah.